Welcome back to another episode of the Leveling Up Podcast. Your host, Eric Michael here, and I have my transformational brother, Rico, from Puerto Rico in the building. What's up, Papi? Oh, what's up, man? How, How are, you are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for inviting me today. Oh, absolutely. So what is it, uh, tell the listeners and viewers, what is that you do exactly? So I conduct workshops uh, where I really have, I have people really get like intuitive and really help coach them through like thought processes to redefine or recontextualize their relationship to certain concepts. Awesome. You know, really it's about helping people illuminate what stops them or holds them back from their own greatness. Oh, wow. That's actually really exciting. And I've, I know you do, we'll talk about this later, but I do know you have a podcast and I know you talk a little bit about what you do on there as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I got my podcast that I just started recently. So I'd actually love to invite you to, to be on my podcast Let's as well. do it. Let's combine the podcast. Yeah, it's there perfect. we go. Like, yeah, exactly. Like how they do with TV shows. It's great. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to talk about uh, emotional triggers. So Rico, what exactly are emotional triggers? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think to, to start, I mean, let's just kind of reel it back and give you the basics. You know, what is a reaction? You know, one thing that I talk about is reactive behavior. And, you know, just real quickly for those of you guys out there listening, I want you to kind of check in with what you define as a reaction and what is a reaction? And would you say that you're a reactive person or do you say that you react a lot? And what does it mean to react? So if you think about react and you break down the words, the root word re means to do over again, right? Okay. And then act, it's, yeah. it's like an action or a behavior, right? So it's a behavior that we're doing over again. So is it out of habit basically? Therein lies where I really have people start to look, Okay, you know what I mean? Because yeah. uh, up until we start doing work, self-development work, reactions are really automatic and subconscious. Right. So I just then justify my reactions based on the stimuli. You know what I mean? And uh, there's no ownership in that. There's no self-development, no awareness, no ability to shift power if I just assume that my reaction is natural and that there's no way to interact with that. But when you think about martial artists, they retrain your reactions. So your initial reaction when someone comes to grab you or strangle you is self-defense. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Well, it's either screaming it's, or self-defense, yeah, right? Well, well, yeah. So that's the thing is that it's not a natural reaction to self-defend, right. right? The natural reaction is is like fight or flight mechanism, which I guess it is a form of self-defense. You know what I mean? But yeah. what I mean by self-defense in, in that context is like martial arts status, like where there's an actual structure uh, to your self-defense, right? So yeah, reaction is like, you know, it's a fight or flight mechanism. So the first thing that happens, your heart starts to, to move and beat faster. Um, your blood vessels constrict. Um, certain organs and systems in your body shut down because if it's like me getting eaten by this lion or or staying alive, then I don't need to think about my immune system. I don't need to think about holding in my, my pee. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you'll pee yourself and, you know, certain systems shut down. Yeah. And so reaction really is like, you know, like that's our automatic behavior is that's, that's where we go to. Right. So when you go to what was the original question was? So like, where is it that emotional triggers stem from? Or so what are emotional triggers? Emotional triggers, really what they do is they trigger our reaction. Okay. Right. So it's, uh, you know, certain stimuli comes into your, your, whether someone says something to you or you see something, but then your body starts to, based on what it has just experienced, it then reacts. Right. Right. Yeah. So it chooses an action again. And the action that we choose to do again is that fight or flight mechanism. So now, uh, as long as we're unconscious to these reactions, yes. then it'll continue to run us. As soon as something pops up in a space, an emotional trigger, we're automatically going to be victim to whatever that autopilot is. 
So is it situational or is it kind of like willy nilly kind of just happens because we've made it a habit? Well, that's a great question. I think both can be true. Um, I think that a lot of people have made their reactions habits and they've actually pledged allegiance to this feeling, to this fight or flight mechanism. And then I think that with awareness training, whether it's self-development trainings or even practices like yoga, where they create mindfulness. Yeah. You know, mindfulness really is designed for us to see our reactions and then to have a different relationship with the external world so that we're not automatically going to reactions. Right. Imagine if we didn't react, but instead acted, right? Like like we're not choosing, like what happens is we find something that keeps us safe or gives us power of control or, you know, like keeps us looking good. Yeah. You know, whatever it is that keeps us in that safe place. Right. And we find that in this certain situation, me acting this way or me behaving this way created the result that I wanted was to maintain safety. So it's like being in control of like your scenario, your situation or your surrounding. Correct. Correct. So at one point something happened to us and we learned that if we behave a certain way, then we'll get the result that we want. Hmm. So now what happened is as we move forward in life, now we've learned that that happened and that it worked. Right. So now a new situation comes up on our plate. So let's, let's give examples that are more tangible. Okay. Your girlfriend uh, comes in your face and she says, uh, why didn't you clean the dishes? Now you learned back when you were a child, when your mom said, why didn't you clean the dishes? That if you were crying over something or you were in pity because life sucked, you know, then yeah. they'd be like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Right. So now here comes your girlfriend. Why don't you do the dishes? And now you're like, ah. right. Yeah. Why? And you're reacting because it's a behavior that you've found. It worked for you in the past. So yeah. let me just do it again so that yeah. I can get the result that I want. Okay. But now that you're, now you're just on an automatic. So now when your boss says, hey, you got a deadline, you're like, ah. that's not going to work out. <laughs> not, not in the workplace. It could. It could. Yeah. But it definitely doesn't give you power. Right. It definitely doesn't uh, have people look at you like, wow, you, there's, some, there's a consciousness level to you that you can really have uh, power over your body. Not right. control, yeah. but power. So <clears throat> simple question. How do you break that shit? <laughs> Well, so here's the interesting thing. I mean, the first step to breaking or shifting anything is awareness. Right. So the first thing that you have to do is you have to really get real with yourself and become aware to your own actions, your own participation in the results that we're creating in our lives. Right. Once we've become aware to it, so usually there's like an awareness training or again, even yoga with mindfulness and practice or Or meditation or meditation or any other kind of mindfulness practice, Right. right? That's the first step okay. is awareness. Become aware to what it is that I do that I'm creating. Right. right. How do I show up? Right. Now, if you want to shift that, that becomes a practice. Mm. And so, uh, you know, in, in like the leadership trainings, they'll do like a three month or more, right. you know, like a practice. Right. You know what I mean? Where, where now for a longer period of time, you're exercising the concepts and techniques of not react, but act. Yeah. Or if you're going to react, maybe retrain your reaction so that a different reaction is the choice. A different action is the choice that you're choosing to do again. Instead and again of going back to that old habit. Right. Okay. And then, so let me ask you this. How would I find out or how would I identify what my triggers are? You know, like, or is you can just have a trigger in anything? Like, Well, that's a great question. I think, uh, I think it just starts with communication. So let me ask you, what's your triggers? Well, oh, my triggers for a trigger for me would be, you know, being yelled at. Uh, you know, if I'm, if you and I were in a, we're in a, we're like 
getting hot and heavy with each other. And then all of a sudden you start cursing at me and getting really loud. Then for me, I'll either react back, I'll snap at you, or I'll just, you know, go into my turtle shell and then kind of wither away or just be really pissed off at you. So, okay. So when someone yells at you, yeah. you get reactive. Exactly. Okay. Um, are there people out there where yelling is so common that it doesn't actually trigger a reaction? Uh, yeah, it's possible. It's possible, right? Yeah, because like, it's so common. A lot of people in society always yelling. I mean, when it comes to conditioning, exactly. Like if a child is raised in a household where the parents just always, like everything is automatically to a yell. Yeah. Like it's not even like I'm, I'm telling you, hey, clean your room, clean your room. And now I'm escalating to clean your room, right? right. It's just like automatically their reaction. Right. What they learned works is to scream. And as soon as they scream, people do what I want. So why even like wait to scream? Let me just go straight to screaming. You know, so then the child learns, oh, they scream all the time. Like, it doesn't matter whether I'm cleaning my room, brushing my teeth, scratching my butt, (laughs) you know, like they're going to scream. So then there's a desensitization there. There's a conditioning that we learn, oh, not reactive anymore. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So for you though, as you've identified screaming at you kind of triggers your emotional reaction. Exactly. So do you think, so I know you were saying meditation, yoga, what are, and doing a training like you and I have done, mm-hmm. what are other ways to heal these triggers, you know, so you're not as reactive. So like when someone yells at me, I saw that I'm neutral. How do, how would you say to like remain neutral? Well, I mean, first of all, it's not like a magic wand, like, Oh, poof, yeah. you're neutral now on everything. Yeah. Right. Um, so again, I mean, the steps are pretty simple. A and B a awareness, yeah. seeing it, then B practicing a different, uh, an alternative. You know what I mean? Like actually putting you, yourself in a place where you're constantly triggered and reactive, but then also having a coach or a mentor or an advisor, someone that can kind of guide you, be a mirror and show you something that you don't see yourself. So basically being aware and like, and kind of taking that five second, you know, I've, t- I've talked to different people and they're like, take 10 seconds, count to 10 and then be like, okay, probably not the best thing to do. Would you say that was a good way i mean i I definitely find that taking a you know 10 seconds to breathe and collect your thoughts is a step i think there's another step to it um in those 10 seconds really like an internal dialogue if you will right and getting clear on the result that you want to create at the end of this interaction okay so it's it's more than than just taking a breather and then continuing because if you take a breather and then continue on the same path that you were on you're going to get right back to where you were which is escalated that's true so if you really want to shift it then in that 10 seconds re uh recontextualize your goal what is your and you know and and a lot of times i especially in business um and sometimes in my relationship you know, it's like before we even start the heavy part of the conversation, I start the conversation with what do you want to create at the end of this conversation? Hmm. What's the result that we're trying to achieve? Right. And then during the conversation, if things are going in a different direction, then you could say, wait, you remember what it was that you wanted to create? Are you creating that right now? How can we go from where we are now to that end result that we were committed to from the beginning? Wow, that makes sense. Yeah. Because people don't even realize what that is you know especially when you're in an argument and then the, all the triggers are flying people don't even know what they're arguing about maybe it was something as simple as can you get the milk or 
Well, we do that's this? the interesting thing. That's the thing about reaction. So like one reaction will trigger another reaction, trigger another reaction, trigger another reaction. Now your conversation's on a whole different. Yeah, no, like, you're not even like, worried. Wait, are we even complaining about the same crap yeah, we were, we're talking about the Melga? We're talking about a whole different thing. Exactly. And, you know, therein lies that reactions are, are I mean, I think that a lot of reactions come from built up. Uh, energy. Right. So it's like where, you know, if, if you leave the milk out once, okay, God, it'll let you slide. Two, okay, whatever. Three, four, five. Now it gets to the point where I'm seeing something without communicating it and it's building up in me, but it's not in your awareness yet because right. I haven't communicated it yet. But in my own listening, I just expect that you should know this information. Yeah, I assume that you know that the milk is there. Even though I'm not telling you, hey, the milk thing is bothering me, I'm assuming, all right, Rico, milk's there. Come on, but it's it, you have to communicate. Basically, what I'm hearing is that you have to communicate with your partner, your roommate, for in order that's for them to get it. Otherwise, we'll never know, and that's where the argument happens. Correct? Right. And well, what it comes is in the assumptions. So the fact that I assume that you should know better, right? So now it's it's almost a giving me a superiority complex in that conversation. You know, obviously you don't know. If not, you would have shifted that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then not only that, but you know, my assumption that you should will now get me reactive. Why? Because I think now, like what that's implying is that you do know better and why are you doing this? To mess with me. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So now I internalize or personalize something that really had nothing to do with me in the first place. Maybe you're just absent-minded or maybe you just didn't, don't know. Yeah. Don't leave the milk out. Right. And that's just an example, of course, but yeah. So let me, can you hear me? Yeah. So let me ask you, are um, will we always have emotional triggers or is there a way where we're just so calm and at peace with ourselves that nothing can affect us? Well, I think um, human beings by nature are emotionally reactive. And I think that people who really take themselves on in a mindfulness practice can have more power. And I don't want to say that it's just like, oh, you're just like immune to emotional triggers right. now. No, I think what it is is now that you're hyper aware of it. Now, when you do get emotionally triggered, it'll only take a moment for you to clear that space and get back to a neutral uh, understanding of what you're trying to create. Hmm. So as we practice over and over and over and over in a reactive state, we can get to the point where our reactive states will take less time for us to clear and go and move forward. Right. That makes sense. So I wouldn't say that you can eradicate emotional triggers. I think that it's a natural response from the human body. But to become hyper aware of it and then have power in every single moment that you become reactive is the power. And back to saying, as long as you can identify it, you're able to get off of it quicker instead of spending an hour on the conversation and an argument, correct? Correct. Okay, awesome. Well, hey, thanks for dropping that serious knowledge on us. So let's talk about your podcast. What's that about? Uh, so I have a podcast called Visionary Living, okay. and uh, the design of my podcast is I'll feature guests and we'll kind of speak into stories of how people used their vision of the end result for what they wanted to create in their life. And they use that vision and seeing the end result as a way to overcome all of the circumstantial obstacles, obligations, or opportunities that, that come in our way. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So... You know, if I want to create a $60,000 job opportunity and this job lands on my, my lap giving me 45, I could be like, oh, okay, 45 is good enough. It may be good enough. And I'm not saying that a life out of circumstance is bad, but it's not your vision. It's not what you wanted. It's not what you envisioned from right. the beginning, right? Um, because I think that vision, want comes from like lack. Right. 
like, uh, you know, like not having enough. So then you want something, but a vision is, is a creative space. Kind of what some you desire, right? Yeah, exactly. It comes from a desire. You awesome. know, it comes from a place of, I can, I can see something that doesn't exist yet. And then I could see it so clearly that as I move along my path in time towards that goal, that as things come and distract me or as things try and seduce me away from my path, I can, I can remain focused. Well, that's really interesting. But when I lose my vision, that's when circumstance could pull me in all different directions. So, um, and as, you know, my podcast is really a prelude to what I, what I, my big vision in three to five years is I want to open up my own center. That would be amazing. You would be a great, amazing trainer. Thank you. If no, if no one knows you, I do. And I can <laughs> vouch for you and say, you're an amazing trainer and an amazing uh, teacher. I appreciate that big time. Man. Of course. And then, so it's on all platforms, correct? The YouTube yeah, podcast? Yeah. yeah. So my it? podcast is everywhere. It's a uh, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes podcast. Um, just search it on any platform. You'll, you'll find it awesome and then your social media facebook twitter anything you want to plug um no none of that i mean you'll find me if you look for me you'll find me uh you know rick marlowe sostri is my real name and you know i playfully go by rico from puerto rico to bring joy and and have people remember me awesome well hey again thank you so much for coming in i really did learn a lot and i hope a lot of our viewers and listeners can benefit from this um and i hope you guys have a great evening thank you yeah absolutely thank you guys so much Thank you.